carrier that week, some of the Corbyn restrictions on gathering changed, allowing us now to have up to six people in our homes or two households if that is a greater number. Meet together with friends and family is a, it's a wonderful thing. It allows stories to be told easier. It allows body language to be seen and that extra emphasis that we can't always get over the telephone. These meals can be shared and a general sense of oneness of being together. When people are together, they can achieve more than by themselves. And so, of course, in a wedding ceremony, the minister, such as myself, often recalls the words from Ecclesiastes 4, where it speaks of the strength of two people compared to one, and then says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Before, we usually reflect that the third strand in a marriage should be God. Our passage today tells of Pentecost and the birth of the church. And it tells us of what difference God makes when we are together. Now, of course, today we are not all gathered in one place. But that does not mean we are not one. And if we were all here in the building, it doesn't mean that we are one. But being together is more than a physical presence, isn't it? Because it's about God's powerful spiritual presence connecting us as one to be His people. The people who seek His purpose and do His will. That we are joined by the Spirit brings a harmony of purpose, assuming that we are open to His leading. The disciples were a bit of a ragtag bunch. And we see at various times in the Gospels that they were occasionally in disagreement. They tried to put one over on each other. They even asked Jesus to pick his favorites. The twelve are frequently not of one. And yet here they are in Acts 2, and they are one. As they meet, they are focused not on their personal desires, but are coming before God in prayer. It is into this togetherness that the Spirit comes in power. And a similar experience has been seen in such ways through the centuries perhaps in times when there are very small numbers, maybe painful times, when people have got on their maybe arthritic knees, 
and feed as one. And they have known the Spirit. A movement of the Spirit. And a revival experience. People not seeking their own desires, but trying to discern God's holy will and seeing a mighty movement. As disciples are waiting and praying, in what something is the upper room where Jesus had shared the Passover meal seven weeks earlier, or as others think, maybe at the temple in some space, the Spirit comes in power, and it appeared as if fire reached out to touch each believer. Fire has long been a sign of God's presence. Be it the flames that do not consume the bush, as Moses is called, the pillar of flame that guided the Exodus journey, the chariot of fire that carried Elijah heavenwards, or the fire that provided the coal in Isaiah's vision, which touches his lips, forgiving and preparing for his future. It is perhaps this last imagery that the disciples encounter connects with. The tongues of the Spirit's fire bless the disciples with tongues to talk in many different languages. The Holy Spirit in this way gives birth to the church and equips the church to be the church. God's people. The noise they make attracts those who are in Jerusalem, but whose homes are in every possible compass bearing. They come from all directions. The place names speak of the whole Mediterranean Greek Roman Jewish community. And also relates well to the dispersal of Noah's sons in Genesis 10. That dispersal was just before the account of the Tower of Babel, where the Lord says, if as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Humanity were then scattered to reduce their capability. But at Pentecost, as many languages are spoken, as people come to be one in Christ and led by the Spirit, they come to serve a common purpose of seeking the kingdom of Christ. And truly, nothing is impossible. We need to keep that in mind as we journey into the future. Nothing that is God's will and that we work on as one with His Holy Spirit is impossible. Nothing. The old uh, Jerry Anderson uh, puppet show, Stingray, which was the predecessor of the Thunderbolt used to have its, in its opening sequence a voiceover that said, 
anything can happen in the next half hour. Though actually in the show, usually a buddy would be getting up to something sticky and would get caught. You know, that's usually what would happen in the next half hour. The reality is, however, when the people of the church are inspired and equipped and led by the Holy Spirit, anything truly can happen. And we must not put our earthly limits on possibilities. But instead, as the prophet said, the prophet Joel that I quoted at the beginning, dream dreams and see visions. The crowd are confused by the noise. Not the rushing wind, but the voices speaking their own languages. And they were doubly surprised as they realized that those that were talking were Galileans, not the educated of Jerusalem. The disciples were fishermen, for the most part. And though it was an honorable income, their work and homeland had a reputation of being like village yokels. A zealot and a tax collector wouldn't have been thought of highly either. These are not well-traveled people, not folk with an opportunity to learn a new tongue. Whereas the crowd that have traveled great distance, hundreds of miles, even thousands for some on their religious pilgrimage, are wealthy are educated, the cost and time of the journey suggests so, that these are businessmen, businessmen that are ready to look down their nose at the 